Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney, and what I want to talk about today is six things that the Spirit of the Lord trains you to be, which is very, very interesting. So, as we know, like, I mean, one of the things of the Spirit of the Lord, when Jesus gets baptized in John chapter 3, the Spirit descends on him like a dove, and lightning is what it says. And so, he was commissioned and he was anointed at that very time. And so, what was his commissioning and what is yours and my commissioning? So this is one of the first things is that the Spirit of the Lord trains you about your commissioning. And so when we look at that passage in Isaiah 61, and I want to just take some of the words that are in there and begin to unpack it. So it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, which means wrapped around, clothed, put on a garment. It wasn't just something like sitting on his head. This was something that fully encompassed him. And then it goes on to say, because the existing one has rubbed oil on me and consecrated me too. And these are the things that it had consecrated uh, Yeshua to do, was wrapped firmly in bandages, those are hurt, shattered, and destroyed, to pronounce freedom and to provide flowing myrrh to the people being carried or driven away and myrrh is a very interesting oil because it's known as the oil of holy ointment and what it was literally used for was purification but it was also used for embalming and that was to keep the body from corruption and and um it was also used as a medication as well. So, and then it goes on to go into dark places and to open dungeons and take the harnesses of those who are tied fast to something to open their eyes wide so that they can see and open their ears so that they can hear and be released from their yokes to preach to people by name. So this isn't just a general preaching, it's preaching them to by name and pronounce that Yahweh delights in them, favors them, accepts them, approves of them, pardons them, reconciles them and takes pleasure in them and to pronounce the day of revenge and punishment of their enemies by God and the ruler and judge. Now that's very interesting by name because this is a personal gospel. So that is, I love that, that it's by name. And then it goes on to console and have compassion on all who mourn for the dead or because of calamity to exchange garments of those who mourn in a parched place. And when you look at that that whole thing about the parched place and that particular scripture says, take off the ashes and worthlessness and replace it with headdress, turban, ornaments, glory. Take off their mourning and lamenting and replace it with fatness, riches, the shine of cheerful gladness, rejoicing. Take off the breath of dullness, darkness, weakness, faintness, restraining, and replace it with garments, wraps, mantles, veils, coverings of praise, thankfulness, (coughs) songs, and celebration. (coughs) Excuse me. So when you're looking at that, you probably recognize some of the areas that you're already being trained in. And so one of the things that we need to do with the Spirit of the Lord is we need to begin to ask the Spirit of the Lord to tutor and train us in in all of these areas because the function of the Spirit of the Lord is literally to mandate you and me for our position. The next thing is the Spirit of the Lord is going to tutor you and train you in trance relocation. And this is all scripture. I'm giving you tons of scripture here. So Acts 8 verse 26 to 40 um, we look at the verse and Philip gets an instruction from the angel to travel south on the, on the desert road that went from Jerusalem to Gaza. And anyway, he starts the journey in obedience and he ends up having a divine appointment with a eunuch who is an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, and who has questions about a prophecy from Isaiah. And Philip represents the, uh, presents sorry, the good news about Yeshua and baptizes the eunuch. And then in verse 39, it says this, And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched 
Philip away, which is trans relocated. So the Philip, I mean the Philip of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord snatched him. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord trained him from trans relocation. When you look at uh, 2 Kings 2.16, the story of Elijah, it's a very similar story, which is also another such an interesting story about Elijah because he gets taken away in a chariot and we know the story. And so what happens is um, uh, it says that um, verse 16, lest the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him on some mountain. Remember when they were looking for him? And they didn't know where he was because why the spirit of the lord would move elijah all the time and move him from place to place and so these are precedents that are set in the word that you and i can have access to as sons and so we need to meditate on the role of being tutored in sonship in rulership in trans relocation in all that kind of stuff and literally meditating means chewing on it getting everything out of it, extracting the taste from it and all this kind of stuff. Because what does the word say? It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So tasting produces seeing. The next thing that the Spirit of the Lord is going to tutor you in is to be an oracle. And we need to understand the difference between an oracle and a prophet. A prophet receives only a part of a picture. And so he's basically open to interpretation on what he sees or hears. And so sometimes what a prophet will do is see something and they'll put their spin on it. They'll put their interpretation. But an oracle literally speaks word for word what Yahweh would have him say. And there's no room for error or no room for his fleshly opinion to be put in there. And so... Uh, I mean, look what I mean. Samuel says to Saul, he gives Saul a series of instructions to follow and they're precise right down to the very last detail. You can see this in 1 Samuel 10 verse 6. It says, you'll meet two men and they will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and he's worried about you. So even tell Saul that the words what words are going to come out of these guys' mouths? I mean, that's accurate. We don't have that kind of prophecy anymore. Then it says, Then you'll go on and reach the tree of Tabor. Three men will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. After that, go to Gibeah. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from a high place. Then verse 6, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed. In other words, transformed, converted reversed into a different man which is a champion a great man so you can see this this is the oracle that's the kind of prophecy we need in today's society not this i think this is what the lord's saying all this kind of stuff and so if you look at 2 samuel 23 the spirit of the lord spoke conversed commanded with me and his word was in my tongue which is his utterance was in my tongue the language the organ of speech and so when we entangle and when we pursue in the same kind of relationship with the Spirit of the Lord, I long to converse with Yahweh. I long to have that. I long for my language to, to be changed so that every time that I open my mouth, it, it allows the Spirit and gives the Spirit of Yahweh a platform to speak through me. And so I, I don't know about you, but I want to be changed into a different man as well. The fourth thing that the Spirit of the Lord is going to tutor and train you in is to be a judge. And if we look at Judges 3, verse 7 to 10, it says, The Israelites forgot their God and served the Baals of Asherah of the Ites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, all those ones. So God told them, sold them into the hands of Cushan Rish Athaim, and they were subject to him for eight years. They cried to the Lord, and Yahweh raised up a deliverer for them. It was Caleb's younger brother, Othniel. And this is what it says in verse 10. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he judged, he pronounced sentence, he vindicated, he governed, he acted as a lawgiver or judge, and he executed judgment on Israel and went out 
to battle, to war. And the Lord delivered the double wickedness into his hand, his strength and power. That's what that says when, when we extrapolate all the Hebrew out of it. And so what we have to remember is that when the Spirit of the Lord rests on you, we, you and I are going to sit in the seat of judge and execute judgment. Because that's what happened to Othniel. If it happened to him, if it's in the Word, it can happen to us. That's our measuring rod. That is our plumb line. And so then when you go into battle, the Lord's going to give you the victory over double wickedness. I love that. And if you look at today's society and the things that are happening now, that's what we need. We need victory over double wickedness. Because things are really getting crazy. And so... We're already starting to function, a lot of us in the courts and all this kind of stuff. But one of the things I want to say in this is that for me, what's happened is the courts have become just another religious system. And so what I found is that there, that is a place for the immature. And I'm just going to be honest here. But as we mature and we, we come into a relationship with Yahweh, I don't believe you need the courts anymore because now you have a relationship with the Father who's the judge of all, who's now training you to be a judge. And so there comes to me a time when the courts are no longer needed in the way that I would say most of the church is still using it, which has just become another religious thing. And so there's been many times that we've been into the courts and we've seen amazing things of Yahweh. But someone asked me not too long ago, when was the last time you went into the courts? And it must be, I don't know, two or three years ago because I've stopped functioning there. And it's not because things aren't happening. It's because I found another way, which is to be in relationship with my father and for him to train me. And then the thing is that I find is that the things that I would have taken into the courts, he already knows about because we're sharing heart to heart and he already sorts them out for me. Look at what it says in Micah 3 verse 8. But truly I'm full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of judgment and might to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. So, the Spirit of the Lord teaches us about bringing divine order and divine justice out of heaven and how to actually implement that in the earth, which is an amazing thing. So those are the first four things. And we're going to look at the last two now in the last five minutes. So the Spirit of the Lord is going to tutor you and train you in power. And so when you look at the menorah, the Spirit of the Lord is the middle, the middle, the middle branch of the menorah. And literally it connects and interlinks with all the other six spirits. So when you do your own studies if you're going to do this you're going to notice that some of the seven spirits only connect with two or three of the other spirits but the spirit of the lord seems to connect with all of them and so if we look at judges 14 verse 6 to 19 it tells the story of samson and the riddle he told out of the eater something to eat out of the strong something sweet and samson's wife goes and coaxes him to answer out of him to get the answer out of him when her family was threatened and samson loses the 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 deal and so this is what it says in verse 19 then the spirit of the lord came on him in power and so he has the connection to the spirit of might and he went down to ashkelon struck down 30 men stripped them of their belongings and gave their clothes to those who had, who had explained the riddle and then when if we look at Isaiah 59 verse 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And so, I mean, doesn't the word say that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness and high places and all this kind of stuff. So the thing is that when you and I meditate on this function of the spirit of the Lord, what we're asking is to be trained to take on those principalities power spiritual wickedness and so the thing is that at the end of the day we're going to have a throne room and i want my throne room to be full of this the spoils of war which i can then trade on the sea of glass before my father for more and more of his presence and more intimate relationship with him 
And so I think one of the things that's greatly lacking in the church today, when we look at the, let's say the Celtic church is power. There's no more power in the church where we've become a, a church, <coughs> excuse me, a body of wordsmiths. And we know all we have is word, but no power. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> The last thing is that the Spirit of the Lord will show you, you the reality of the dimensions of the kingdom and of Yahweh's glory, and it's going to transform you. If you look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18, it says, When the Spirit, well, sorry, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so my question is all of us i mean i I certainly want ecstasies with yahweh and i I want to fall into trances and i want to have an unlimited amount of joy constantly flowing out of my life and the thing is this is we can't experience those things if we're still slaves and we're still stuck in a dungeon with some you know ropes and chains around you we need freedom and that's what this the word says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom We need to be outside of the confines of religion and all the systems that dictate our behavior and be free to be who we are as sons of Yahweh. So the Spirit of the Lord is going to bring you into this freedom. Remember when Moses came down from the mountain, he had to cover his face with a veil so the people didn't freak out. But, you know, I believe we're going to wear that type of a glory which is going to shine out of our whole body. And no matter what we do, it's not going to be able to be hidden. And so, you know, in, in another version, it says, it is by the Spirit of the Lord that we see the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, and He changes us into the same image from one degree of, a degree of glory to another. And then the other thing it says that in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, the Spirit of the Lord makes us competent to be workers serving a new covenant. And so what is this new covenant? It's literally, He's going to write the laws in our hearts and in their minds, and they will all know me from the greatest to the least. No man will teach his neighbor saying no god for they will all know me and so this is six of the things that the spirit of the lord is going to train you and so father i just want to pray for everyone lord that we would begin to engage the spirit of the lord father that we can be trained in all these amazing things yahweh and so father i just pray for everyone i bless them father i pray for an introduction with the spirit of the lord and father i pray that you would put inside of them a a desire that they would reach out to be trained by the spirit of the lord Thank you, Yahweh. Bless you.